0: Leadership development exists because none of us are perfect, fully realized people. We all have room for growth in our lives and we need help along the way. Hi and welcome to Developing Imperfect Leaders.
1: Because the last time I checked, we're not Jesus.
0: This podcast is a project of the Leadership Development Institute at Hope Community Church intended to help you explore and grow your leadership skills for service both inside and outside the church. I'm your host, Paul Stiver, and I'm joined by fellow LDI staff team members, Kaitlyn Larson. Hello. And Natty Severson. Hey, hey. Welcome again. Uh, and if you're joining us maybe for the first time, we like to do something where we give away a fun fact about ourselves. But this week, we're doing something special again, and we're going to give out a fun fact about others. And so I'm actually going to kick us off here. I'm going to tell you guys a fun fact about Natty Severson. So, Natty was one, so you're going to need to reference in your mind a game on the phone that oh. does actually still exist. I I think for most, the phenomenon has passed, but not for Natty. She's still holding the candle for the game Candy Crush. Natty is on, as of this recording, level 8,390 of the game Candy Crush. And she said at one point, was keeping up with the new levels. So every new update, she was waiting for so she could play more levels. So, Natty, any thoughts on your Candy Crush uh, experience?
2: Yeah, it's it's that I know when to say when. I'm totally not addicted. I can put it down at any time. (laughs) Uh, If I'm waiting at the doctor, I don't need to play Candy Crush if I have to get my tires changed. I don't need to play Candy Crush. I choose to play Candy Crush. (laughs) And... I have taken long breaks, like extended breaks, like once I didn't play for like six months, and Which that's when I really you're not, got behind. Yeah, yeah, you're not
1: keeping up with the <laughs> levels. But
0: it's that's just it.
2: like that game you always come back to, you know, where most people now have twenty forty eight. Yeah, where most people have given up on things like Wordle now. You know, like it's mm. a waning fad. Candy Crush, it's enduring. It's enduring.
0: Yeah.
2: Oh yeah. Okay. So me, I get to tell you a fun fact about Kalen.
1: I'm very nervous. it
2: literally is the first thing I thought of. Kaelin, I mean, love, love, loves to see people fall down. (laughs) She is one of those people who laugh first and inspects to see if they're okay second. You know, where most people would be like, oh, are you okay? And then once you know they're okay, then you laugh. Nope. Kaylin will audibly blurt laugh (laughs) if you fall down. Um. In her defense, when she falls down, she does laugh about it, too. So, she can't help but laugh at herself. But I
1: don't like when others
0: laugh (laughs) at (laughs) me.
2: Wow. Spoken like a true Enneagram 3. More on that in later episodes, I guess. Yeah,
0: maybe. We'll see.
1: Yeah, so that is pretty great. My fun fact, uh, I got to think about a fun fact for Paul. And uh, Paul was this when the McRib returned to McDonald's. I do
0: love a McRib.
1: (laughs) So much so that he challenged all the year one interns that year to go to McDonald's and take a video of themselves ordering and then eating a McRib. And my husband was one of those poor souls that partook in that uh, challenge,
0: yeah. So if you're not familiar, the McRib is one of the greatest. Wait, sandwiches. wait, wait! People aren't familiar with the McRib. I don't I, think they are. Are, are you serious? serious? Yeah. It's a it's a seasonal, and it's seasonal. I mean, McDonald's brings it back at any time they so choose. It's made of an unknown meat, oh, presumably kangaroo pork. I don't think anyone knows. Mang- smothered McDonald's in barbecue sauce, me, no. sesame bun, I believe, pickles, onions, and I. It's a it's a classic, and yeah. So all the interns did it. Uh, and then they, this them? was before this was uh for my Christian history class and and this was before food reviews were a big thing so we could actually struck oh, gold yeah,
1: I forgot that that
0: reviewing like- yeah mm-hmm. they all recorded a yeah. review yeah. it was actually really important it was actually half their grade uh was <laughs> for to the Christian history class so, no and I wouldn't have I wouldn't have forced anyone but uh, they were all willing uh and and all were surprised by the quality, the yeah, beauty Kurt of it. I
1: actually enjoyed it. Ugh, yeah.
0: No. So, yeah, shout out. I love that fun fact. I'm glad the McRib is part of my legacy here.
2: As a lot of people are, I'm sure.
0: Yeah. McRib. And, all right. Let's just say the word McRib a few more times <laughs> and then we'll continue on. So, uh, let's get into it. Let's get into the leading question for this week. So, this week's episode, we're, we're going to do a question that's focusing on the topic of wisdom and decision-making. we're coming at it by asking, when should I quit my job? So, Kaylin, when should I quit my job? Mm,
1: uh, I don't know how to begin to answer this question. Uh, I'd say if this is something that you are considering, I would recommend or encourage you to just to seek the Lord in prayer, uh, be in the Super Word. Super spiritual
0: answer. Alert. I know,
1: I'm sorry. That's all I got because I, I I don't know when you should quit your job because I don't know you. Um, I guess I would consider what are the things going on in your job. What I, I just sounded like you said you don't know Paul. Oh no. No. I don't know you, the listener. So also, I, wouldn't. I,
0: I hope you don't want me to quit my job. That'd be
1: no, I like working with okay, you. Good. I feel very sad. I am so glad we
2: finally recorded this podcast. Now I can speak
0: my mind. Oh, no. Why do we wait till live air? Okay. Um,
1: so I'd say community, um, being in the word, seeking the Lord in prayer, uh, just looking for wise counsel uh would be my first step in knowing whether or not I should quit my job.
2: Yeah, wise counsel is gonna be like a little bit of a <laughs> I can't say that, a game where people could like flag us every time we say wise counsel. Yes. It feels like mm-hmm. one of those things we yeah. say a lot. Um and so as I as I looked at it, I was like, oh, this this question always makes me nervous. Um, because when people ask me big questions like this, I am I like to offer help and input and I like to be helpful, but sometimes I fear people making me a substitute Holy Spirit, right? Because it's really easy to want a decision made for you because then, you know, you can like pa- almost pass the blame on that person or like, man, God prompted me to do that. So if something goes bad, it's on God, not me. I didn't make that bad decision, right? So you know, I always preface conversations when I'm having them personally with people like this. So say you, Paul, actually ask me this question. I'd be like, well, you know, I make a terrible Holy Spirit because I do, right? Mm-hmm. I, I think at this point I have something to offer in terms of advice, but um, be careful not to let other people become your Holy Spirit. Um, I have an abstract answer and a concrete answer. Should I give those? Oh, wow, I
1: like it. Yes. Yeah.
2: Um, so abstractly, and Paul, you know, feel free to add in if these kind of overlap with what you're thinking. Um, that abstract Question is to really ask yourself why. Why do I want to quit my job? Mm-hmm. What's behind that? So, so doing, we talked about, I think it was in last week's pod, co- podcast, being inquisitive or, or being curious. curious. How can we be curious with ourselves, right? And ask, begin to ask ourselves why. Like, why do I want to quit this? Is it because I'm bored? I'm not stimulated enough. Is it because this is a rough season of my job? And I know things will get better. I mean, imagine being a tax preparer. I would assume January to April is just. Wild, yeah, right. And then you might enjoy some benefits when it's not that season or something like that. Or, you know, keep digging ask yourself why? like, do I feel unfulfilled? Is this not what I hope for? Um, do I have a difficult relationship with one of my coworkers? Is have I tried to mend that relationship? And then just keep when you answer that first question, just keep asking that question of why and keep on digging deeper. And we often, and I don't know where this resource came from, but we often talk about a why ladder. Um, and maybe we can put that graphic up on in the show notes or link to it in the show notes. How do we continue to investigate what's actually going on in our hearts and be curious? So that's my abstract answer. Paul, does yours line up with that at all in a way?
0: Uh, yeah, I, I want more concrete. So I'd love to hear your concrete and then I can jump in too.
2: All right. In terms of like concrete, I would say like, man, if, if, if I were thinking like, hey, what if you had to sit me down in a corner and say, Natty what are great reasons to actually leave a job? I would be like, of course, those big ones, as we've talked about before, like, man, experiencing like abuse or unresolved harassment or something like that. Yes, I mean, we, you don't want to be in a position where you feel cornered or trapped or unsafe in your job. Or maybe it's physically dangerous to you in a way that's unacceptable based on your risk. Maybe, you know, you don't join the cast of Deadliest Catch or something, uh, if that's <laughs> not where you're at. Um, But I think obviously that happens less often than maybe some of the other reasons we might um, choose to leave our jobs. Maybe like I think of those reasons that I would say, yeah, you're consistently working outside of your gifts and talents and strengths in a way that just leaves you constantly feeling dragged, unfulfilled. um, Yeah. And in ways that tax that kind of system. Um, And that is not to say we won't have to work outside of our talents or gifts or strengths, but. Um, at times, but that consistently working outside of those would be really hard. But I would say then specifically, I would have reasons maybe to consider not leaving to really dig into that curiosity questions is, you know, things like I'm really unwilling to put in the time uh, to get to where I want to be in my future career. Right. A lot of people just want the job they want right away or Mm -hmm, they want that mm -hmm, fulfillment. It's mm -hmm. really sometimes hard to wait to -hmm. get to that place. Um, and then there are the tough relationships in the office that can make us want to quit our job rather than addressing those tough relationships and, and trying to put in the work of showing Christ love to a difficult coworker by actually sitting down with them or getting somebody else involved and having a conversation that you might be able to smooth out some of those difficult feelings or like the kind of more typical reason people want to quit their job is they just in general or we just in general like dislike the inconvenience of work. We don't really want our work to interrupt our real lives, um, forgetting that work is a part of life. God has called us to to work and be, you know, produce things here on earth. And so, work though can seem like toil now, and so we don't like that all the time. All right, Paul, did I catch any ears?
0: Yeah, I, I kind of went the route of uh, more valid and less valid reasons. So a lot of what you said, or or I think the why is asking ourselves why. We'll get to some of these. But I, so for more valid and less valid, I kind of did a contrasting list. So uh, one would be, and Nettie, you touched on that, your fit. Like, are you working consistently out of your comfort zone and it's not actually a good fit for you? Um, Or or, or a less valid reason, so that'd be a more valid reason to to consider. A less valid reason would be if you think a new job, a new opportunity, a new circumstance is actually going to fulfill your soul. And I think it's very. That sounds very intense, but it's very easy to fall into that kind of thinking that I, if I could just get over this hurdle, I'll be okay. And so we think. Uh, I think we get a little bit of that in culture that we're being told, like, find this new job, define your reality, set, get yourself set up on your career. You own your time, and then you'll be okay. Just be self-made. Do what you love, and if you don't love it, leave it. And I just don't know. I think you said toil is real. That there's just a part of life that is toil and work is toil. So that'd be one, uh, is is would be less valid. I think another would be is God calling you to something else? If God's calling you to something else, let, let's get in some wise counsel and pursue that. Uh, one that might be less valid, but not necessarily, is your comfort. Are you just living for comfort? And are you, <laughs> right? I, like if you stop and ask yourself, like, is this just an uncomfortable season, but it's going to be over at some point? Another would be. Um, just that uh, uh, your, your circumstances. And so that's something that actually I want to get into in the quote of the week. So let, we're going to segue into this. Uh, every week, again, we do a quote of the week. And so this week's quote comes from the book, Just Do Something by Kevin DeYoung. And it's focusing on wisdom and decision-making. And it says this, If God opens the door for you to do something you know is good or necessary, be thankful for the opportunity. But other than that, Don't assume that the relative ease or difficulty of a new situation is God's way of telling you to do one thing or the other. Remember, God's will for your life is sanctification, and God tends to use discomfort and trials more than comfort and ease to make us holy. It's a big quote. Natty. what are your thoughts there? What's jumping out?
2: (laughs) As mentioned previously, I really you know, at the heart of it, when I'm not being my best or and I'm really being selfish, I really can worship that comfort idol. And some of you might be might be like, what does that mean to worship a comfort idol? It just means I would rather pursue comfort than a lot of things. Um and that's I'm not saying I What's an example of pursuing comfort? Oh man, um it would be hard for me to essentially want to get up and do something new and take a chance that it might take more energy than sure, I thought yeah, it might yeah. um it's it's so much easier to just be in my house and do my own thing, mm-hmm. you know, um, but having said that i don't I don't find that I'm a super risk averse person, and maybe that's a topic we'll talk about later, but that lessens. God's will for your life is sanctification, and God tends to use discomfort and trials more than comfort and ease to make us holy and I just i I think that's true. We have to. there's something about that discomfort and unease that makes us turn to God. Um, I think of some of the biggest times in my life where I remember those big pivotal moments where I had to choose God, where some of the harder things, Mm -hmm. the hardest things I've ever done. Mm -hmm. Our first child being born with a congenital heart defect and really walking through, how's he going to be? How's this all going to turn out? And having heart surgery when he's six days old, different things like that. And how God really taught me a lot about his own faithfulness and the, the beauty of prayer and the beauty of community and doing things like that. Um, you know, I, I, so I think like we tend to, a lot of people tend to dive out of things because there is a possibility of discomfort. Having said that, I also don't, wouldn't want to see somebody just having like a, a, like a emotional, like a theology of emotional poverty where you're just like, man, if I'm not suffering emotionally, I'm not growing in the Lord. I've seen people also do that. Like I need to take a lot of time to just be in discomfort or purposely put themselves in discomfort. Mm-hmm. and sort of like, I don't think that's true either. I
1: don't think we need to do that either. How about you, Kay? Um, what, comes to, what comes to mind um, when I read this quote, or I guess the thing that sticks out to me is uh, quitting or, quitting your job or just making a decision in general, just because something is difficult. Uh, I would say this quote then is arguing or making an argument to pause. Um, decisions should not be made solely because something is difficult or challenging. Um, and I'm going to bring the idea of wise counsel back into this because our emotions are always coming into play. And when we feel uncomfortable or um, feeling that something is hard. It, the easiest thing to do is be like, eh, I'm done. But I I feel like that's just a very flippant decision. And I think there needs to be some pause before like committing to that decision.
2: Yeah, I think you, you cued in onto something that's really important across a lot of venues is, is like the idea of making a decision when emotions are really high. Mm-hmm. I think there's a time in my life where I believe that I had some of my clearest thinking when my emotions were high um, or I was anxious and I'm like, yes, this is, I'm brilliant right now. I, I'm thinking my best and it took some learning, learning what my brain does when I'm panicky or Mm -hmm. in a high emotional state that I actually am doing some of my worst thinking. Mm -hmm. So not, I guess, pulling a ripcord, you know, Mm -hmm. it's good to pull a ripcord, say you're jumping out of a plane, Mm -hmm. but you might pull it too soon. You might be too high up or whatever. Um, so just, you know, not committing to something when you're in that high emotional state. And I, I do call that rip, port, rip cord pulling mm-hmm. because it's just, Whoa, oh, I want this free fall to end, pull. And you might just be too high altitude and that wouldn't be safe. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I want to jump on that idea of of pausing. And I actually had a question that I think might be helpful for us, for any of us when we're framing decisions. And that is, am I seeking to establish God's kingdom or mine? Right. So, even thinking about quitting a job and and reasons that I might want to do that, there are reasons that could be very much me centered. Uh, I just want more of this. I want more of that. I I want um, better benefits. I just want people to acknowledge that I'm good at my work more than my current boss does, whatever it might be that are kind of more me centered. Whereas, is this something God's calling me to? Does he have something for me uh, to grow in this? Or is he saying, I think you'd be a better fit? elsewhere. And so that was kind of when I was talking circumstances, that idea of, of, it actually could go either way. God doesn't just override us and and cut us out of the picture and say, no, I don't want you, I don't care about your happiness. I just want you to be holy. And at the same time, his emphasis though is on making us holy, as the quote says. And so that might mean pushing through discomfort, growing. Um, so there's just a tension there. I love that it creates for us to wade through. And that's where, uh, as we move into this, growing together. I'd love to hear you guys' thoughts. Um, so we're going to try with every episode here to, to remember that we're on a journey. We're all imperfect leaders. And in one of the areas where perfect is making wise decisions, especially if we're doing it alone. And so I'd love to hear, Kaylin, your thoughts on what are practical ways that an imperfect leader can grow in making wiser decisions.
1: Bring in wise counsel. Oh, beep, oh, wise gotta, counsel No, I know. There's another flag up. yeah.
0: What would you? How would you define wise counsel?
1: How would I define? Oh, well, that's a great question. Mm. Uh, I would define wise counsel as um, people, someone, someone, or a few people that you trust um, that know you, know your circumstances, um, and that you feel like you can be open and vulnerable with, because then you can share with them these are all the different avenues in which I'm thinking um, these are the ways that I've been feeling or whatever it might be. These are the circumstances I'm facing. And then um, from there, they're able to hear what you say, um, kind of reflect back to you what they heard, and then also be able just to integrate what they know to be true about the Lord um, in your situation. And so um, I think seeking people who are going to, uh, direct you. I liked what you said about, am I seeking to establish my kingdom or God's kingdom? And so, um, are picking people who are also desiring to establish God's kingdom. Uh, cause again, we had said earlier, uh, in the previous segment that emotions just can be, they play tricks on us. Mm. Um, and so we need others and the Lord just to help keep us steady when making decisions.
0: That's great. I had a note on that. Very similar. I, I just wrote, We tend to make worse decisions in isolation. And then as I was thinking about that, I was like, I tend to make terrible decisions in isolation. I Where my emotions get the driver's seat and I'm like, this must be the right call. And it's like, who'd you talk to about that?
2: Yeah, I often, and, yeah. oh, sorry, I didn't mean to. No, go ahead. I often emotionally isolate myself when my emotions are high because I, mm. you know, it's that self-preservation or like I don't want somebody to see me like this and and I know that I don't want somebody to see me that bent out of shape so I hide right that's my go-to instinct but just the fact that I'm hiding should tell me that this is Mm -hmm. not a good Mm -hmm. time to Mm -hmm. make a decision right and yet we run back to those same patterns over and over and over again right it's just really it's just really hard it's a hard thing to do um when we talk about um decision making, how can I kind of looked at this question, what's one practical thing or how can we be a wise decision maker? I think LDI or our Leadership Development Institute has three pillars and they're biblical thinking, Christ-like character, and ministry skills. And we often think in terms of you know, decision making, we think of the Christ-like character piece, right? I want to have the character of Christ. I want to put on the character of Christ. But in in this case, I think we often overlook that biblical thinking portion. So one of the things that I was just going to throw out there was the importance of of knowing God's word because mm-hmm. that's how we know God. That's how we know his character, right? We want to make decisions based on the character of God and what he shows himself through his son, Jesus. And so when we know God and we know his priorities, we can see what he gave us and we're, and we're wanting then to live a life that overflows with his priorities. We want to be able to put the kingdom values first. And so we're not asking ourselves, like, (laughs) how should I wisely invest that money, dot, 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 that I just stole from my next door neighbor, Mm -hmm. right? Because sometimes we're like, hey, we just really bypassed God's good, wise, kind of don't steal from your neighbor uh, kind of things that, you know, like, oh, that makes sense out of an overflow of what Jesus has done for us in the gospel, right? Oh yeah, we Jesus gave everything for us. He was the ultimate neighbor, so to speak. So I should be treating my neighbor like that. You know, like so we kind of bypass some of the most basic things and ask God to help us like he to like almost sanctify poor decisions we've made in our past. So I think really knowing God through his word, that was gonna be my number one draft pick.
0: Yeah, that's great. I I so we've touched on having kind of community believers. We've touched on the importance of knowing the word, which when we do this, when we talk about this topic, there really is God has given us his spirit, his word, and his community, his church, his family of believers to help us make wise decisions. I just want to bring in again that the idea of the Holy Spirit, because we've have mentioned, we're not good Holy Spirits, but the Holy Spirit is a great Holy Spirit. And he speaks through the word and he speaks through those who have the spirit. And so those kind of three things combine to allow us to know that that God is sovereign and we can trust him, that even if we make a bad decision, we're gonna be okay and he's gonna help us figure it out. And so we'll have people to support us through that. And that's actually, as we move into one takeaway,
2: can I Before we do the one takeaway, can I ask a question? I'm looking out of time here. I think we're okay because I get to make these executive decisions. Like, how do you know when you're hearing from the Spirit?
0: We're going to we'll edit this giant pause. No, I think <laughs> here's how you know when you're hearing from the Spirit. Let me give you the exact answer. First of all, we love to put the Spirit in a box. Uh, so we can't just say like, okay, this is what I actually was going to mention. It's kind of funny to say, what are practical ways? The Spirit. Because the Spirit is not practical. He's a mystery. Mm-hmm. And yet, the Spirit is the capital A author of the Word. He speaks through the Word to reveal to us who Jesus is and what God's kingdom is about. And so we can hear from the Spirit when we're hearing from the Word, when we're hearing from fellow believers, and when that is directing us toward holiness, toward Christ, toward Christ-like character, toward even discomfort and and decisions that will challenge us, we can trust that if it's in line with what God has communicated through his spirit to us in the word, um, that that we're making a, a move in the right direction and that we can trust God for that. Um, so, yeah, that's that'd be what I would say is really it's through the word and through believers that the spirit is going to show up most for us. And, and far less, I think those miraculous mountaintop moments not that those don't happen and I think we've all had those but I think it's far more these parameters of of word and believers that God wants to use to guide us and help us to make wise decisions
2: wow thank you that was unscripted well done
0: <laughs> so as we move into takeaway I think that mine is just that question am I and I want to just be asking myself this more consistently am I Trying to establish God's kingdom or my own.
1: That was mine.
0: That can be yours as that was well. That my takeaway. Yeah, yeah.
2: That, that would have been mine too. So like, yeah, I love that. Like, it's a great way to think about decision-making because we have to be really honest with ourselves because we we oh. can, we don't want to, but we really can be honest and separate our desires from God's desires. But you know, it's also neat when they overlap, right? Right. When our heart is living out of such an overflow of the gospel that we're like, oh, I see the overlap. Now I want the things of God. That's a really remarkable and amazing time. I think that's when you can really have the confidence that the Spirit is guiding that choice and and we're living out of a proper motivation.
0: Well, that wraps up our conversation for today. But we want to keep connecting with you. So thank you for listening to the podcast. And if you like what you heard, be sure to follow our show and leave a review. We love connecting with our listeners. So if you have questions, comments, or topic ideas, please email us ldi at hopecc.com. LDI is a ministry of Hope Community Church based in Minneapolis, Minnesota. We seek to develop leaders in their biblical thinking, Christ-like character, and ministry skills for service both inside and outside the church. We do this through internships, classes, seminars, and retreats. If you're interested in learning more about our internships or other opportunities, visit ldi.hopecc.com or email ldi at hopecc.com. Have a great week.